Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about split testing. This is more about our philosophy on split testing and our experience and the stories we kind of have come along the way rather than kind of like a step-by-step guide to setting up. I think there's a lot of information on the internet on that. And it's more about our war stories and the things we found out as we've gone along. So let's get started. Hi Ian, how are you? I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. Just gonna talk today about split testing. So split testing is something we, we kind of bang out a lot about. And it's one of those things that I really feel that the business owner and the e-commerce manager should really be doing themselves. And it should be part of the core of the business and it should be part of what they do day to day. And the reason for that is, is that the person who does the split testing who understands the split testing, understands the core of the business. Like, and it's that important. Like, of course, you know, you might have an AdWords agency split testing ads and you might have an ad, a Facebook agency split testing ads in Facebook and stuff like that. But the stuff on the site, the core things on the site is really going to affect, you know, the, the ultimate core of the business. And I think that in any business, you want to really understand the core. So, you know, we've done split testing for a very, very long time. And if I can get more people split testing on e-commerce sites, we're only going to get into a better position, a better place. Mm. Even if you're just running one split test and we just get people to start one split test. So it, when I say split test, what do you think? What are you thinking? Like, Because we talk to a lot yeah, of people about so them and what do you see? Interestingly, I mean, you know, we were just chatting before before the podcast about, well, you know, you can often learn a lot from your split tests that don't work. And I think I think sometimes the mistake people make around split tests are they 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 have this this random scattergun approach to split testing where they sort of oh, test this, I'll test everything all over the place. And you know, I you know, the the idea of split testing is to is to obviously improve the revenue that you're getting as a result, you know, ultimately in comparison to spend. Sorry, I'm blathering now. <clears throat> my headphones, mm. and my apologies, my headphones just changed sound and it really threw me off. I turned the, I turned the noise cancelling. Mine did I that as the well. noise cancelling off. It connects to my phone. And it just, <laughs> it just really threw me off. Um, so I can answer that again because <laughs> I couldn't hear, couldn't hear myself speaking. <laughs> yeah, anyway. And then I could. Oh, it's, oh I it's, see. Yeah, oh, I see. Well, when, when it comes to split testing, when it comes to split testing, one thing I think that is, is important to understand, because what I see people do with split testing is they start, they do maybe one or two tests. Um, either the test doesn't show a different result. And so therefore, they don't, you know, well, basically what's happened is that the change they've made has not made a significant impact on the conversion rate. Or they try something and it goes worse. And they think, God, well, I, I better not meddle. But what, 
you're doing, let, let's say you've got, even if you've got a store that's doing a million uh, in sales, you know, a, t- a typical good split test could increase the conversion rate by 10%. So, you know, you're talking about 10% of a million is $100,000. Can we just pause there? So you, you're talking about an extra $100,000 in, we had in to revenue. to stop the podcast because Mark yeah. couldn't, uh, we had to re-record it because Mark got his maths wrong. And just to be completely honest and transparent, yeah, you did. You could work out ten percent of five million. That I was, and I like to point you the things out because it's rare. Yes, that that, was, you know, it's, what's interesting here is when I make a mistake, yes. the podcast has to continue, doesn't it? But when Mark makes a mistake, we stop the podcast and we re-record. Pretty it. much, just to let you know, that's what happened. Sorry, you can continue. Yeah. 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 Well, I think I've got it right this time. I've done it easy. I've done a million, well 10% of a million, 100,000. There you go. So basically, if you think about it, trying to find an extra $100,000 worth of revenue is should be quite difficult. If you're walking down the street and you found a check for $100,000 yeah. made out for yourself, you'd think, well, that would be quite rare. So you shouldn't expect every split test you run to be successful. And it was probably like one in five is yeah. probably where we get something what, where we're finding something. Oh, and the most important place just, to start. Well, what you've said was sorry. really important, but I now can't cut you off because you've just said, what's the most important thing to say? But I'm going to cut you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to yeah, stop. Like I, I will, because what I was hidden. trying to say before yeah. was that sure the, my feeling of split testing is – it sometimes can come across like this magic box, this magic wand, which, of course, you know that you and I are allergic to. You know, that we have a BS detector for e-commerce. Mm. Um, and often people will, will – the perception is that you can do a split test and you'll change the color of the add-to-basket button from green to a slightly darker shade of blue, and it'll revolutionize the sales and you'll all of a sudden people will start buying and that, of course, is a load of bollocks. And so there is a little bit of a BS detector that goes mm. on. And the other thing is that, is that people just start to do this scattergun approach with the split test and everything all over the place all the time without really any understanding of what the split testing and why. And so you were about to say where you should start split testing and – that's very, very relevant. But I'll just say, before you introduce the six areas that we always split test and we always want to have running, that, that you know, you're going to have a bigger bang for your buck if you focus on the areas that actually matter. And the things that actually matter tend to be around the job to be done, which is you're really selling the ultimate you know, reason they're buying the friction points that might be around the anxiety, um, the trust and credibility points, which is given them, you know, evidence that other people have bought and then the, the offer architecture. So ultimately what I've just said there is, is the main elements of e-commerce, which is desirability or convincibility, um, helping people find the right product, solving anxieties and friction points, and then giving people a reason to act now, at the same time of baking and trust and credibility. If you split test around those areas, you're going to have a much bigger swing either way. And so 
what I mean by that is I wouldn't start split testing uh, with our word in the product copy of the description. I would be split testing around the bigger things. It would be around amplification of the things that matter. Um, that's my take on it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the first places, the first places to split test are always where the handshake is done. So the handshake is basically the first impression. So the first impression is, you know, it's clearly the best place to split test because you've got the most eyeballs on that that point. So you've got the bounce rate, the engagement rate. The more people you can get to say that I'm in the right place, the more potential you have to convert those people later on. So you would be looking at your key landing pages. And a lot of people listening to this will be thinking, oh, people split test on the homepage. But the homepage often isn't the biggest landing page. In fact, in terms of like product templates across all products, there's probably more people landing on your product pages and more people land on your category pages combined than there are people landing on your homepage. So you need to think about where the first impression is made and what you've got above the fold on those pages, because those are the split tests that always give you the biggest bang for your buck. And that's pretty much like the theory behind those six split tests that we always have running. And the first one is what we call a positioning statement just underneath the header. So we'll have a positioning statement just underneath the, the, the header and we'll split test that on them, just on the mobile site to understand what we need to say on the landing page. And be it like maybe a busy restaurant test, you know, thousands of people have bought here before, or is it a trust test? Or is it something that's more about, you know, like depending on how much people know about your product, is it, you know, do you need to kind of lead, lead the story mm. a little bit as used by somebody? And you often find, um, sorry, kind of things. hang on a second. The second test. You know, you, you, you often yeah. find that on the, on the mobile site, within the product page or the category page, people lose that positioning statement. And quite often you see that, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at one now and, and it was somebody selling the UK's largest or number one online fishmonger. And you know, on the homepage, it said, hey, we're the UK's largest number one mm. fishmonger. And they had loads of trust and credibility. But when you got, hey, well, on the mobile site, it didn't say that on the homepage. It had been lost. And then when he got into the category of product pages on either desktop or mobile, it didn't say that either. And so that was one of the first recommendations we said around this one is, look, you know, mm. you can't just sell fish. You need to sell why you should buy your fish. And you need to bring that trust and credibility. So that... The, the, the positioning statement is something that people miss time and time and time and time again. That authority, that positioning piece, that's vital, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. It's like, why should, why should someone be interested in you? Why should someone be interested in your suits? Why should be someone interested in your bedding? Why should someone be interested yeah. in your garden furniture? Like, you've got, to kind of, you've got those five seconds or even three seconds thinking they get people interested to say, you're right here, you're in here. And to be, that was saying today, the people, we took this people through this process with the implementation program today. And we were saying, well, why, why are they here? What are they trying to do? And can you actually make sure that the things that they're looking for are there? And a lot of the time people, they want that sale to be done. They don't want to have to kind of go to five mm. different websites and check stuff out. They're looking for a reason to buy. 
a lot of the time. You go, yeah, it's got everything that makes me happy. I can buy this with, you know, I feel like I've done enough due diligence and I can get this done and I can move you know, forward and the check be- out. And the, the best analogy that, that so, I think you, well, you came up with this, so I, I won't claim this, but the best analogy is in that initial greeter section, that initial touch point, that initial handshake is, is the, the busy restaurant test. You know, imagine you're walking down the high street in London somewhere and you, you're trying to find somewhere to eat and you see two restaurants. One has got a queue of people outside queuing and it's full and the other one next to it is empty. And, you know, that is, that is the start of the busy restaurant mm. test, that there's evidence that there's other people in the restaurant eating and there's people queuing and it must therefore be good. Obviously, if the queue is too long, then you might say, I'm not, I'm not going to try. Um, but... It's you must you know it really gives you that that mm. evidence that other people just like you have bought and that's what the positioning authority statement should do. Um, it's really really important. Would you eat in the empty restaurant? Which one would you choose? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, you've got to you've got to kind of like I mean people people struggle with that a lot of the time. You say, "Why should we buy from you?" And they kind of go, "Well, I don't know. I'll just kind of keep it quiet." And it's kind of not talk about yeah. it. But really, that's what you've got to you've got to work out. You've got to try different things there. And the second test that I like to run uh, is always something between the title on the product page and the price on the product page, or not no, the um, add to basket button. So something around those areas, because. I've seen such big gains by fiddling with the thing that's presented in those areas. Because if you ever use a tool, there's a tool called iQuant, which came onto the market years ago. And they um, had some kind of modeling software that kind of started to learn where the eyeballs would look on any design. And if you look at any uh, e-commerce store, you'll see that people are just looking in that area. They look at the image and they look at that area and they're massively focused on it. And they don't see a lot of the rest of the site. So a lot of the time, like people are putting their offers in their in the header announcement bar and things like that, or they're free shipping and just underneath yeah. the header. They don't see it. You know what? I think there's you a just lot. don't see it. And so therefore, of, you've got the, to really the, work the, out. The, thing, the, the, the two things people make, I think the mistakes people make, is number, number one, they don't go far enough in the trust and credibility and anxiety reducing and warranty and returns policy. So don't go far enough with that. Often, um, sometimes they're too, they're too honest and they haven't worded it well. And the second thing that they do is they hide it. They don't put it in the places where people are looking. So often the split test isn't adding anything new. It's just making it more prominent and putting it in the space where people are actually looking. You know, And I always think, you know, imagine, imagine you're... Mm. Sorry. Split testing. Can I carry on? I mean, you've. I'll say one thing. So I was just saying, then I'll pass it yeah, back to you because yeah. I'm. Sorry, I was yeah. just saying, split. split. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Imagine your customers are lying on the sofa on the mobile phone. They've had two gin and tonics. You know, it's half 10 at night. The kids are in bed. They're shattered. And they have the attention span of a, of a gnat. You know, they really don't care as much as you do about your brand and your perception. They're not going to study every single page. They're in, they're out, they're flicking around, they're super fast. You've got to make it so obvious where these things are. And as I say, those core things, the, the job to be done and the anxiety-reducing elements are, are tend to be where the, 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 the race is won. 
Sorry, now you can carry on. Now you can carry on, Mark. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I was just basically what split testing is trying to work out. What you're trying to work out with split testing is which of your assets you want to amplify, which one of your messages you want to amplify the most. You know, is it the offer? Is it your credibility piece? Is it the pricing? Is it your returns policy? What is it that makes the biggest difference? And that's what you can split test and try and find out. Because one of the biggest things we find, particularly, first of all, a lot of people don't realize that the, the homepage is the landing page, even though we banged on about it a lot. So that's the, that's one thing. And then they look at Hang the product second, page and we go, well, what you just said, you know, you speaking just said, to a lot of people don't realize just, that the homepage yeah? is the landing page. Did you mean mm -hmm. the homepage isn't the landing page? Okay. Just yes, I did, say, did mean that. Yeah. yeah. So, so what are you saying is that before Google Shopping was invented or product ads, Facebook ads, is a lot of people came from the, they landed on the homepage and they went dutifully from the, from the homepage to the category collection pages, then to the product pages. So they knew where they were, whereas now a lot of the advertising that people are using, Google Shopping, Facebook ads, Pinterest, et cetera, et cetera. They're coming straight to the product pages. So that now is the landing page. So they're not, so they, you've got to work a lot harder. Hmm. That's what I mean. Yeah. And it's, and it's also on 70% most of the time is mobile. So, you know, you've got to think about your landing page as, as, as what's above the fold on the product page. And that's where you've got to split test because that's going to make the biggest difference whether people continue or not. So, um, one of the biggest things that I find with um, businesses, and I was working with, uh, talking to someone who sells uh, bespoke suits in New York, and like what you'll find is that they've got so many assets about the work they've, the people they've worked with, the magazines they've been in, the the awards they've won, and it's like, but they're not there, they're not shown, and, it, and it, we did this with a with a. Pave, someone was doing paving stones in the UK and I was like we've been working with them for like six months and then we said well have you worked with any good customers said, oh yeah we'll, we do always do the Royal, uh, the Chelsea Flower Show and we do the Kew Garden stuff and there are a couple of customers it's like well why don't you mention that on your product page and it's like oh and then you know you put that on and people go well if it's good enough for them it's good enough for me and what we're looking for is and I was, I was saying this, this earlier today it's like a mental model if you could take a mental model that someone has in their head so obviously in people's mind, Kew Gardens equals good, right? It's just what's happened. Chelsea Flower Show equals good, right? If you then if you then say and bring that to your brand and you're selling paving stones, suddenly you've linked those mental models. You've kind of gone, oh, Chelsea Flower Show is good. They choose this paving stone manufacturer. Therefore, these guys must be good. And you've done something super quick. That if you you know if you had a book to write and to read a, to read a book, you'd have to take people a long a lot longer to take them through that process without having to use that mental model. So what we're looking for on the product page is something in the customer's mind that they already have when they bring to the page uh, that we can use to kind of tell people they're in the right place. And this is different, like because the, the guy who's doing selling suits. I don't know if you've seen this, Ian, but the competitors he's got me to look at is mm. Gucci and Tom Ford. And it's like, well, when you come to Gucci and Tom Ford, you're bringing with you your own mental model. Everybody has a mental model of Gucci. Everybody has a, a mental model of Tom Ford. So you're bringing it with you. 
And so therefore, you don't have to do any positioning statement. You don't have to do any um, authority statements because you are Tom Ford. You are Gucci. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not needed. You're bringing it. Whereas if you're coming to a site that's you know, smaller and people are landing on it, they have no mental model of who you are. They don't know what you do. They don't know your reputation. And so therefore, you have to use assets from things they do understand to bring that to bridge where they are to kind of say, well, we are this, this so-and-so of this, or we're this, and this is yeah. these people trust us, so you can too. And so that's what I'm looking for when I'm trying to split test on a product page. I'm like saying, well, how can I instantly gain the customer's trust um, so that they understand that this is the right place to buy this product from? And yeah. that's and what it, I'm split testing. Know, I mean, like I said at the start, the, you know, the, the successful split tests where you get results much quicker are the ones that are done in those core e-commerce areas. You know, whereas that that trust and credibility, the positioning statement, mm. you know, the job to be done, the anxiety, the offer architecture, that's where you get. I mean, that basically that's where you get growth at an e-commerce site. Never mind split testing, but we like to split test in those areas because we know mm. that that's where the bigger gains are. So if we start putting in the, the trust and credibility and you know, a great positioning statement or a, or a, you know a really lovely quote that's been featured in a you know third-party credible source you know if we see that we might think wow that's actually really moving the needle right we're gonna we're gonna how can we push that harder how can we go deeper into that split test can we amplify it more can we move it into a more prominent position can we repeat it in different areas you know how can we make it better and go further in because that's clearly mm. what people want let's give them more and and so just to go back yeah. to what I was saying before, the other thing I like to do, the, I think there's a little bit yeah, of a delay on our recording, so it sounds like I'm interrupting you. So sorry, but the, the, what I was saying before was that there's a little bit of BS detector when I hear the word split testing, because you know if you're not careful, you'll sign up to a split testing service, or you'll go how far they're doing your split test, and you will be split testing stupid things that really don't move the needle and it'll take you ages to get any results and you'll start leaving them there for months and months and months because i think you were saying before one of the questions that people ask a lot was how long should i run the split test for and really you know it's 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 not it's not the right mm. question is it you know you run it until you it's successful you know and if it's not successful then there's something wrong you get a yeah you get a statistical yeah. statistical result yeah because like you don't know i mean like the, the the factors that mean a short split test will be the higher the traffic and the bigger difference between the control and the variant one so let's say you've got a decent amount of traffic and you've got a big difference between the conversion rate. let's say one's converting at five percent one's converting at eight percent if the if the new one's converting at eight percent that's a big gap and it's not going to take much traffic to give you a confident result. Whereas if you're split testing something where it's like 5% and 5.1% and you're getting a little gain, it's going to take a lot of traffic to prove that. So it, 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 you have to let them run. And you know, after two, three weeks, if I'm not seeing anything significantly different and it's kind of like moving around a lot, I just take that as something that that's not important. It's not that important what I changed mm. and therefore it's not what I want. Whereas if I'm seeing a, 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 a bigger test, I'll go, right, I'm in the right place. And you should always 
I mean, particularly, I actually quite like the ones where I do fail and I actually make it worse because I've learned something then. I've learned that if I remove that element, then I've taken something away and therefore what was it? And can I actually kind of reverse engineer that and then work out what it was? So every split test that has a significant difference it's going to tell you something about you know what, and it's amazing what, what's going on a, and what people a, a are liking, that, what they aren't that liking. That does worse because at the start of it, when you're doing your test, you don't you you don't know really, and when you when you're looking at the negative result, you know you then get wow, it's bloody obvious. Thinking about it, you know, of course, of course, that's going to do worse. And it, all, it just come, becomes really clear. So you really start. And you know what you're doing by doing split tests around those areas that we've said, you, you are honing your skills because you are you are you are getting better at understanding the ultimate job to be done, which is why they're buying the product in the first place. What the trigger is that's making them do it at that particular time and what the anxiety is that would make them stop doing it. And, and what the 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 reason to act now is, you you just you're becoming much more laser focused on on what the customer actually needs and why they're buying from you. It's it it is a fascinating way that you know you, you're learning mm. as a as an e-commerce marketer um, just becomes razor sharp over time. And one of the things I think you should also do right at the beginning is, is kill your, what I say, kill your darlings. And this came from like Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett. And they said that you should kill your best ideas or you should try and kill your best ideas. So if you have an, uh, something that you think, well, my store converts because of this, maybe it converts because of these, you think it converts because of the, um, the asking that maybe you've been used by Q Garden. Let's say you think that's why it's converting. I would run a split test straight away to take those off to see whether or not how much of an effect that has because sometimes my best ideas i think well this site's converting about this i've taken them off and it hasn't made any difference and the the difficulty of not doing that first is you have these preconceived ideas about why the site sells and why it doesn't sell so first start with by trying to kill your best ideas to say well we think this converts because of our shipping policy, or we think we, this converts because of our returns policy, or we think it's because we do this. Like testing those first, because the first thing to understand is actually where you are, like where the site is actually, what's actually happening on the site. And we always come to anything with biases. And some of those biases, particularly if they're around something you think's converting on the site, can actually be a massive handicap mm. if you're wrong at the beginning. And because if you start by getting rid of those, your further split tests are going to be so much more open and better, knowing that you're not trying to – it's almost like you think, well, I think we convert from this, so I've got that, so I'm going to do riffs around that message. But if that's wrong, you know, you're going to waste it, your time. It's quite, I mean, it's, so yeah, it's a big, it's that's quite what a big, I, bold thing to do that. But like, I, I, I totally agree. I totally, you know, you'll then know what actually is making a difference, what's moving the needle. Um, and then you can go further into it. Um, mm. The other thing I'll say is there is a notion in e-commerce that one size fits all. You know, so if you're doing, if you see a split test, because Mark and I have done, Oh, I don't know, hundreds 
thousands of split tests over 15, 20 years. Um, you know, some of them on our own, some of them through clients who've told us stuff. Um, we've done loads and loads of things. And we've often found that one split test for one client, and this is annoying for everybody to listen to this because they'd be probably thinking, what's the most successful split test that we've ever done? Well, the truth of it is, it's always different. And it's different because the job to be done is different. The anxieties of your customers are different. The reason for them to act now is different. And if it, you know, if it's a problem-solving rational purchase, if it is a desirable one. But I, like I know that one of the split tests that we did that was relatively well documented, which was the quick buy on the collection category page. And that was a test that, mm. The the client was like, well, we've seen this feature. We want to put this on the on the collection page, which is basically, you know, when you you know you you little quick buy, so you can kind of buy it straight from the collection page. You don't have to go into the product page. And the 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 idea was that it was quicker, you know, that you, people could buy. But it it reduced mm. that putting the add to basket quick buy on the collection page reduced conversion rate by thirty percent. And the reason why was because. You're hiding because you, they were clicking on the quick buy, which opened up this pop up that, you know, it was a quick buy and it had options on the product. So they couldn't just buy it there mm. and then it had options. And you were hiding all the wonderful assets that that product had, the great imagery, the the wonderful reviews, you know, the, all of the detail about the product, um, all sorts of video they had, had, you know, fantastic product page. It's all been hidden by this quick buy. And, and then so when you've done that, mm. And you go, oh, my God, that's reduced conversion rate by 30%. If they hadn't tested it, A, they wouldn't have known, you know. And secondly, testing it and going, mm. oh, my God, that's reduced 30, That's reduced conversion rate by 30%. It's really obvious why. And, it, it, you know, because at that time, well, they're still that business now, their average order value was about £120. Their average items per order was about one3 and the average um, times people bought in a 12-month period was 1.2. So these customers were only coming on once a year if we're lucky. They were only buying one product if we were lucky. And so it wasn't the right – they were coming on all the time and adding 50 things. So if you were an online supermarket where you are – you know, your average basket size has got 35, 40 products in it, and people are coming in every week to do the grocery shop – of course, you need to have quick buy on your category and your collection pages, and that's going to significantly increase your conversion rate. But if you put that on this you know, this desirable aspirational fashion site where you know it's a very much a considered purchase and they, they want to go on the product page, they're methodical, they go and read it, it's, it's going to reduce conversion rate. And that, I think that's a lovely little story just to say how one site, you know, w- wouldn't it one feature doesn't always work for another site just like you know when you walk down the high street and you see a shop you know a jewelry store is laid out very different to the hardware store and the hardware store and the jewelry store laid out very different to the sports store like you wouldn't expect them to be the same but online there's this weird notion that that everything is going to work for everybody regardless of what the customer's need is um so there you go that's my story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, to be to be honest, that there are some split tests we've done that we stopped doing because it'd be like, yeah. well, that's always working. That's always making sense. But 
you know, the things like quick view and add to basket and those kind of things. This was just a real trend at the time that everybody was doing it. Like all the big sites were doing it. ASOS were doing it. And everyone's like, oh, you've got to get this on. And it was picked up and it's like, you know, it doesn't, it's always worth testing stuff because rolling stuff out willy nilly and just expecting things to go up because everybody else is doing it could actually mean you're making big mistakes and you're actually going backwards. And I know you've invested in it. You've invested in the developer time and to kind of put it on. But if you don't split test, it's actually worse. You've got a sunk cost and you've, you've reduced the conversion rate. So it, it's you've got to learn as you go and you've got to make sure that things are right and moving the needle in the right direction. Otherwise, you'll turn around to the, you know, your advertising agency, oh, my average order body's gone down. It's like, well, you know, you've added this new feature and yeah. but you don't, nobody's it's, gonna know. It's very nobody's difficult. Nobody's gonna know that that new pop-up is I stopping. Think it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. And often we get, I had a conversation this morning, uh, with this afternoon with a client, and the conversion rate dipped. And the, you know the panic, you know panicking. Understandably, the conversion rates dipped by about thirty five percent. And they're like, well, and it's like, I mean, we have a very methodical process of going into Google Analytics and 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 you know going through it in a very, you know, we will find out why. You know, we will know what it is, and we have a process to go through. But if you haven't yeah. got that process, it's like looking for a needle in the haystack. You're like, well, could it be this? Could it be this? Could it be that? Could it be this? What happened then? And it's you're all over the place. It's very, very difficult to to piece yeah. it together after the event. So that's why testing is. Yeah, but it it's kind of like, you know, it's it's sometimes it's like the conversion rate. My book, you know, if you think like imagine you had a um, your store at the London a London show with loads of people coming there, one week. And the next week, you had a store, which, you know, let's say the London show, you sold gluten-free cookies, and it was a gluten-free show, right? And then you took that store next month to a uh, a good food show that was for everybody uh, in Rotherham, and everybody hates gluten-free stuff or, you know, doesn't like it as much, and then tried to compare your conversion rates. It's completely different because you've got completely different traffic, you've got completely different offers, and so you can't just expect the conversion rate to stay the same year on year if you're doing completely different things. Like with a split test, it's good because it's such split testing in real time. It's going visitor A sees this version, visitor B sees this version. So the, the marketing, the channels, the things that are running are actually going to be split tested in real time rather than saying, well, you know, I've gone live with a new site this month. Our conversion rate's gone down. It's like, yes, but last month it was Easter and you sell chocolate eggs. And it's like, and now, now, yeah. you, now people aren't buying chocolate eggs. So it's very difficult for you to kind of look at those things and make a decision based yeah. on that if you haven't done the split test because you've got to understand what it is with the real time and the traffic that's happening. And also, you know, like – this time last year, we might have been in lockdown, or we might have been in, you know, not in the cost of living crisis. And it, yeah, it's, so many it's external factors at play. It's too difficult to take. What's happening with the take, market? What your competitors are doing, yeah. and the motivation of the buyer before yeah. they even get to the site is a big one. You know, so there's loads. There's loads of factors there. So yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think. I mean, I mean, end of the day, um, if it's if it's so obvious. You know, you want you want to you want to do it. You want to go with your best foot forward. You want to test in the areas that you know are going to make a bigger. I guess it would be a bit like having a shop on the high street, and and you know the shop is a bit of a mess. And you decide to split test the color of the of the paint in the toilet. 
you know, in the store for your customers and you'd be like, yeah, you know, waiting for this magical split test result to come in. Well, it's obviously, you know, they're not going to buy more because of the paint in the toilet. You know what I mean? And so you want to be testing in the in the store where, yeah. where people are actually no. actually going to make a difference. Well, you want to have a sign outside the store and for every 10 minutes you want to swap the sign and you want to see which sign brings the people into the store the most. You know, maybe maybe one sign out store is, is, is the Black Friday sale. The other one is kind of like uh, my birthday sale or, wh- or whatever it is. You know, like you could actually do something like that because that's similar to what we're talking about well, it's yeah, where the greeter is where the, other one where the be, first yeah, impression in the shop made. window what are you going to put in your shop window and then when they come in the shop you know what are they going to see for the yeah. first get into the shop you know and then when they walk over to the till you know the shelves what are they you know the, that would be the outer basket how are you going to help them navigate and navigate throughout the store that's a big one so just think about what your split mm. test equivalent would be mm. if this was a physical shop and then you, you know, you still. If you think, well, that doesn't make sense. We wouldn't bother split testing yeah. that. You know, this is what's important. Let's test that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that we're doing a split testing podcast, and we haven't talked about tools. We use Google Optimize and tools like that. But I don't really want to have a. You know, there's loads of things on YouTube about how you get get tested on split testing and how you can do it and how you actually do it. But I think the most important thing is to get started and to go after the places where people see you first and to to test your main ideas and see where you are and you know if you do get a win it's going to make you feel yeah. good it's and very addictive you'll take that take it to the bank <coughs> it is it is Thanks, anyway Mark. thank you very much ian nice to speak to you again uh, and i will speak to you all next uh, next week cheers <laughs>